This is Robert Fleming, partner in the Tucson, Arizona elder law firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC. Sitting with me is Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman, my partner. Welcome, partner. Thanks, partner. Let's talk about guardianship and conservatorship. And actually, what I'd kind of like to do is a little definition of terms. We do a lot of guardianship and conservatorship work at Fleming and Curdy, and it all involves, by definition, involves the court. But first of all, can we explain the difference between a guardian and a conservator? Well, the guardian of somebody here in Arizona is going to be making decisions for somebody else about where they live, what medications they take, what kinds of medical procedures that they have, the same kinds of decisions that somebody might make as an adult for a minor child. And a conservator? Is going to be somebody who's going to be managing assets, whether it be stocks and bonds or real estate, cars and other assets of an adult. So most of the people who are subject to guardianship and conservatorship proceedings are adults and incapacitated or in some way seriously disabled. But let's talk just a moment about children because you mentioned that a guardian has the same power that a, a parent has over a minor child. Is that true for a conservator too? Is that the same sort of arrangement? That's a great question. So in Arizona, if there's a minor child and he or she has assets, the court does require that a conservator be appointed to manage the minor's assets. Even though the parents are there, available? Well, the court in Arizona says that the conservator must be bonded to protect the minor's assets, so it makes it a little bit more complicated. You mentioned Arizona, Robert, which I think is important to underscore here because the terms and definitions and law in Arizona is unique to our state. So when we talk about terms and define those, we're talking about Arizona today. Right. And I know, for instance, that California calls what we call, the person that we would call a guardian, California calls a conservator, just to keep things confusing. So, uh, so it is very state-specific. I mentioned that the person who's the subject of a guardianship or conservatorship, when they're, when they're an adult, they have to be incapacitated. That's not quite correct, but what kind of disability or, or incapacity uh, subjects you to a guardianship or a conservatorship? This is such a case-by-case analysis, Robert, and there's really a spectrum and range of capacity when you're able to make decisions for yourself about the kinds of medical treatments you have. In the case of conservatorship, we want to make sure that somebody's able to manage their own assets up to the last possible moment. But if they haven't created something like a durable financial power of attorney, it may be that Alzheimer's or a diagnosis of dementia or a mental health diagnosis renders them unable to manage their assets. So capacity is something that's really on a spectrum. A note that I would just make about guardianship and conservatorship, at least with the culture of Fleming and Curdy and the ethos here, is if we can help a family avoid a guardianship and conservatorship over a family member or friend or colleague, that's one of our first goals. So can we do that? in most cases by just getting you a power of attorney for your mother or, uh, or a power of attorney for your uncle to manage his finances? Or uh, is a power of attorney an alternative to a guardianship and conservatorship? A uh, power of attorney is certainly a first consideration. And I would tell you from my practical experience and what I've learned from you and your partner, Tom Curdy, through the years is let's look at individual independence and autonomy 
the rights of every person and make sure that before we go into the courthouse to appoint a guardian or conservator, we've really assessed whether or not that's necessary. This whole area of guardianship and conservatorship is so complicated, very lawyer-intensive, judge and court-intensive, and often fraught with, uh, with family dynamics. So I guess I'm just going to close by saying if you would like to talk about guardianship and conservatorship or the possibility of a power of attorney or other mechanism to avoid the necessity for guardianship and conservatorship, that's what we do at Fleming and Curdy. Give us a call at 520-622-0400 to make an appointment to talk through your particular family circumstance or check us out online. We have rather a lot of information about guardianship and conservatorship available on our website at www.elder-law.com. Thanks for joining us today, and thank you, Elizabeth, for your insights, and we'll, uh, we'll talk with you next time.